Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning. Now, I'm going to kind of, the Lord kind of really nudged me over into this area this week as I begin to, basically, I begin to hear some things. I, I listened to a couple of news programs. I heard some things, and things that were going into my ears were so bizarre. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is a day and an hour in which all that I've been teaching you about your power, your authority, your you know, pressing into the things of God, you must use these wonderful doctrines of God to help you in your minds. Now, every time I try to get away from, from, from our minds, God pulls me back because so much of our victory that we walk in or the defeat of the adversary is determined by how you think or your thinking patterns. Now, the greatest amount of effort that you're going you're gonna to exert as a Christian is not to be healed of cancer. That shouldn't, be, that, that shouldn't be a great exertion of spiritual power or authority. But taking care of your mind and guarding your mind in these last days is going to take some effort. Number one, you cannot allow the sewage of this world to run through your mind and expect not to be tainted by it. Now, let me say that again. You cannot let the sewage of this world run through your mind and expect not to be tainted by that. And listen, you can always tell when Christians are being tainted by the world and what's going on in the world, they get cynical. Things become a joke to them. I mean, listen, what's going on is serious, extremely serious. And, and the extremity of the seriousness, no matter who you really talk to, is measured in how many people have died and continue to die from everything from wars to diseases to, to, to drugs to you name it. It's just like there's this massive exodus of people off of the earth, not because God's doing something, because the devil's doing something. And if our, if our message should carry anything, it should carry the message of life. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that in any, you know, political view about, you know, Roe versus what. No, no, I'm talking about the life of God that lives in people and is the greatest enhancement or life enhancement on the earth, which is to be born again, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and to mature or to learn the things of God. Now, let me tell you something, church. Me standing up here and, and teaching and preaching you and having a reputation of, of, of traveling in the nations and in our nation and speaking at conference is a testimony to the ability of God to change someone's mind. My mind was, was, was I mean, I didn't have no mind. And what I did have was so twisted and so perverted by sin and unrighteousness that I'm telling you, it was a, it was a, it was a Herculean effort to just get, a, just, just get a turn. Because see, when you step out of the realm of the earth and the earth system into the realm of the spirit and begin to serve God, the first thing the enemy tries to do is bring fear into your life. The reason is, is because you're stepping into the unknown. Amen? But God has some very important things. So I, as I was praying, I said, Lord, okay, I know all the scriptures I can use, I know, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to bring me into some other, into some other revelation in order to stimulate the church to the point where they see this as so vitally important. Now let me just say this. You get healed by what you believe with your heart and your faith. But you stay healed because you renew your mind with the healing subject. Yeah. 
You get prosperous, amen, uh, by obeying the Scripture and obeying God. But listen, you maintain and increase that prosperity by renewing your mind and seeing finances how God sees it instead of how the world has painted the picture in your own mind. You got to understand from every subject there is, especially the godly subjects, the adversary is always wanting to come and attack your mind and do things to your mind to try to get you not to think like God wants you to think. For we know because of Isaiah 55, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His thoughts are higher as the heavens are higher above the earth. Amen. And I tell you, you get around the world, the flesh, the devil, you get around drugs and alcohol, you get into some crazy thinking. There's some crazy people out there stimulating their minds. And not only that, once the adversary has access to your mind, he can begin the process of bringing you to the place of being reprobate. And reprobate means you are void of any righteous judgment whatsoever. You're turned over to a complete mindset, literally of the world, the world system, and of the devil. Did you know there are people on the earth that think just like the devil thinks because they've entertained his thoughts for so long that they've assimilated them as their own. Now, scripture, real quick. Just a couple here this morning. We'll teach on this. Let me invite you to come back tonight. A uh, 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 little bit of teaching on, on healing, on divine health. And then uh, Brother Rob Tussie is going to lead us in communion. And we're going to lay hands on him and ordain him tonight. So come celebrate with us tonight. It's going to be a great night of celebration. Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We've used this scripture many times. Verse uh, 14. Verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not. Now, if you see the phrase receiveth not in here, and there's something on the other side of that, you ought to go figure out what that is so you can be a receiver. So the natural man receiveth not, everybody say receiveth not, the things of the Spirit of God. Well, if there's anything you want to receive, you want to receive the things of the Spirit of God. The things of the Spirit of God will give you life. They'll give you blessing. They'll take away the worry. They'll melt the past, whatever's gone on in your past, whatever has happened. And listen, this is the way the enemy, he's such a rat. He's so cruel. He'll take things in our past and he'll try to create mindsets in our minds so that down the road of your life, every time something happens that, 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 that kind of mirrors what you went through, he'll take and just begin to bombard your mind, bombard your mind. And I'll tell you what he's trying to do. He's trying to pull you right back into that same mindset that caused you so much pain in the first place. You have to deny him. You have to deny him. Because what's happening to you is you're reverting back to the natural man. You do not want to revert back to natural man. You want to remain a spiritual man. And every one of you in here that are born again, male or female, you are a spiritual man. Amen. Some of you are just spiritual men. Some of you are spiritual. Whoa, men are men with a womb. Well, we're just going to stay biblical, amen? So the natural man receiveth not the things of God. Now notice this, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What do we need? Especially in these last days, spiritual discernment or the ability to see things spiritually according to the Scripture. Are you with me? Now listen, these are great doctrines and messages of protection that will keep you safe and keep you from worrying and keep you from going out of your mind as the world goes out of its mind. You know, I've watched some decisions made 
Now, and I'm not just saying in the past two or three years since there's been COVID and political uproar and, and war in Ukraine and all that. No, I mean, I mean, for years and years, I've watched very irrational decisions made. Politically, business decisions, all kinds of things. And you think, why do they do that? Well, the reason is, is because that is the mindset of the natural man on the earth. And Satan cooperates perfectly with that. Amen. Let me give you an example. You come here, you get a little teaching on faith. You come up to the altar, have hands laid on you. It's explained to you that as we pray for people to be healed, you either receive an, uh, an instantaneous impartation of the anointing right there at the altar that removes pain and symptoms, which ought to be your, your indication. I need to get home and get into some healing scriptures to keep what I got down on the altar. Down at the altar. Or a process begins where you begin to believe you receive and you shall have it. So as soon as you walk out the door, what is the enemy going to do? He's going to do everything he can do to talk you out of anything you've received. And if you're not prepared, if all you have for a front is the natural man, he's going to talk it out. You're going to get talked out of it every time. Why? Because the natural man receiveth not. Everybody say receiveth not. Oh, that's good. Thank you, Lord. You say, well, th then we have no hope. You're here today because you're not living as a natural man. Everyone living as a natural man didn't make it to church today. You say, why? Because the devil opposes us all. He opposes. He don't want you coming to church. He don't want you hearing any teaching on this word. He don't want you singing these songs. He don't want you down here in this altar praying for a house. He don't want none of that. He wants to steal and kill and destroy. Now listen, all of this, and I'm going to mention this several times, all of this is all wrapped up in your ability to quit listening to the devil. Well, I don't listen to the devil. <laughs> you just lied. We must oppose the spiritual forces that try to suppress the power of God's word and his spirit working, working in us, for us, and through us. Now listen, never let Satan talk to you about anything. Now, <laughs> Why do you make me do these things? <laughs> the major area of your life right now where you are having your biggest issue and problem, marriage, finances, health, oppression, depression, if it seems like a battle is raging and you're thinking, how did this happen? Someone listened to the devil. And see, we get so holy. Well, I don't listen to the devil. No, no, no. Let me tell you something, church. The curse causeless, Proverbs 26, 1, does not come. So you have to ask yourself, if I'm under this oppression, if this devil is messing with my body, my finances, why? Why is he doing it? Where is there a door open? Nine times out of ten, it's in our mind. The enemy just comes in and 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 comes in. And if you don't have any resistance on the inside of you, listen, if I've got to stand in my backyard and scream, scream at the top of my voice just not to hear the devil talking to me, I'm going to do that in order not to give attention or entertain anything he puts in my mind. I heard I was in a meeting when I was very young in the ministry. I don't think I was in the ministry maybe. It's right after I graduated from Bible school. So I'd been in the ministry less than a year. And it was all, it was a preacher's meeting 
It's up in Central Texas. There's about two, three hundred preachers there. And they gave an altar call at the end of the last meeting and everybody went up but me. And I thought, well, I must have missed something, you know. <laughs> and so I'm standing in the back. And the guy that was conducting the meeting saw me back there and he walked up and he said, because at the, at the altar, I really didn't know what was going People were crying and wailing. And this, this, this guy that was conducting the meeting came back and he said, you don't understand. Many of these men have given up a lot to be in the ministry. And so, you know, in this meeting, we're kind of ministering to them and, and, and you don't understand this, but you'll understand this later. You know, you, you just have to give up so much to be in the ministry. I'll tell you, it's just such a, and I thought to myself, well, let me think of what I gave up to be in the ministry. Hell, the devil, drugs, perverted thinking. So, you know, I rejected that. I said, you know, Lord, it's not a price to pay. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve God. See, that's a mindset. That old, that, old, that old preacher mindset of everything's such a pride. Man, I've had a blast for 38 years. It's almost embarrassing sometimes to get up and talk about where we go and what we do because God blesses us so much. It's amazing what God does. Amen? And you've got to understand if the enemy can entertain you and get thoughts coming into your mind so that you begin to allow those thoughts to capture your imagination, he's going to control you in every area you allow him to talk to you. And you've got to wake up and begin to literally do an inventory of that which is coming into your mind and that which is not of God, you must reject. You say, how do I reject it? You say it. I ain't thinking that. In the name of Jesus, I'm not thinking that. That's your weapon. That's what God has given you. Amen. Now you say, well, that just to say, you know, I'm not thinking that. Well, then put some scripture with, I'm not thinking that. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. I'm not thinking that. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches. and I'm not thinking that by his stripes. Listen, if you've got to lay on the operating table, shouting and rejoicing by his stripes, I'm healed. While they put you under to cut you or, or do something, you've got to do that. Amen. You say, why? Because the enemy will try to put thought in your mind. Some of you today, if you allow your thinking to change, you'll come out of that situation. I'm telling you quickly because there is an acceleration of the blessing of God on the earth today which will get answers to you even quicker than ever because of that suppression of time we're in. You can pray, believe God, and come right out of it if you're willing to. You do not need to be depressed. You do not need to be oppressed. You do not need to be sick. You do not need to be broke. You do not need to be worried. Pastor, if there's ever time to worry, now is, then don't. I like Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. We love him so much. He taught us so much on faith. And he said one time they were doing a lot of teaching. His wife was with him. And they were teaching on, on not to worry, renewing your mind, all that. And they were standing at the doorstep of their house coming back from a meeting. And as they were opening the door, uh, Miss Aretha said to Brother Hagen, he, she said, well, I don't think you'd worry if me and the kids just dropped dead on the door stoop right here. Brother Hagen looked over and said, well, it'll be too late to worry then. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Now, where are we at? But the natural man receiveth not the things of God, of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness, that's so foolish, neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known, now here we go, who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, notice this, but we have 
We have the mind of Christ. Everybody say that with me. I have. Say, I have. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Now we see a real picture of the mind of Christ in Matthew chapter 4. Anointed by the Holy Ghost in Matthew chapter 3 at John's baptism. The heavens open. The Spirit of God comes upon him. John sees it. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He goes out into the wilderness led by God preparing himself for three and a half years of ministry and to go to the cross. And who shows up? Satan, the devil. 40 days, 40 nights of prayer and fasting and intercession and the devil shows up. And he shows up with every temptation relevant to the mind of man. And in the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan began to paint pictures of bread, of temples, of nations, tempting him to follow Satan instead of God because Satan was offering him all of this. He said, now how could Satan do that? Isn't that a big lie? No, he has it. Man gave it to him. We're studying, we're studying that. We just studied the fall last Wednesday. How man gave all of his dominion, all of his authority, everything that God had given him, and he gave it over to the enemy of God, which is Satan. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, we'll read and amplify in just a moment. When you got born again, your human spirit infused with iniquity, which is a motivation to break the laws of God. The day you stood and said, I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that God raised his son Jesus from the dead. I believe I received salvation. The moment you did that, the spirit of God came into your spirit and you were recreated. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. There was a download of spiritual material that went into your spirit man. The very essence of God himself. The Bible puts it, puts it like this. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now listen, listen, sometimes we just read through that, but we don't realize God is saying the same spirit, the dimension of the spirit that came into the region of hell in which Jesus was suffering with all of the sin, all of the iniquity, all of the trespass of every human being that would ever say yes to him. He suffered with that, but that spirit came into the region of the dam and in the midst of great darkness, that light exploded. The spirit that, no, no, notice he didn't use the illustration. The spirit that came on him at the river. The spirit that healed the woman with the issue of blood. The spirit that touched the Tim lepers. Same spirit. The, the spirit, the, uh, uh, the spirit that, 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 that healed blind Bartimaeus. Well, we could all rejoice, but then he went to the, to, the, to the ultimate. The ultimate expression of the power of God is the ability of God to go into the place of abject darkness and separation from God and take the being who bore all of it upon the earth and brought it to that place and raise him from the dead. Then God took that. Now listen to me. He did not divide it all up. Leah gets a little pee. Ginger gets a little pee. Christina gets a little piece. No. See, that's what we tend to. Oh, I got my little piece here. No, no, no. He took and expanded his kingdom. Well, the first person that said yes to Jesus, his kingdom expanded in them by the impartation of the very Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. And when that happened, the mindset of God went into your human spirit. That's why some of you have had such trouble with your thinking because your mind goes, says this and this and this and the devil, this and this and your spirit man's going, no, 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 don't think that. Don't say that. Don't do that. 
Let me read the Amplified. It says, but the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into questions and discerns all things. Yet he himself is to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. Listen, did you know you're the greatest mystery on the earth? When the devil looks at you, you know what he says? I don't know. I'm telling you, that's what he, he looks at you. He looks at your marriage. He looks at your health. He looks, he looks at your finances and he goes like this. I don't know. So what does he do? He watches you. He probes you with thoughts. He tries to get you to respond to him the way you should be responding to God by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Because he knows he is not a creature of creation, but you are. And you can create a drama in your life with his thoughts and his words in your mouth that'll destroy you if you're not careful. So the Bible says if you'll walk as a spiritual man, if you'll walk as a spiritual man, then you're judged by no one and no one can take and put you in a place in which your discernment is flawed because you're discerning correctly from the Word of God. Therefore, you judge all things. Now, you can't go around telling everybody that. You can't even preach that from the pulpit. You say, why not? Because if you go around telling everybody everything that you see in the Spirit, God's not going to trust you with anything. Amen. There's a pastor. I'm not going to tell his name, but there's a pastor. And I was in a meeting. He asked me to pray for him. And he, this is a, this is a, this is a, got a big church. And he, I was so surprised that he came to me and asked me to pray for him. Well, he asked me to pray for him. God gave me an assignment of prayer for him. And so I've never, I never told him about, I've, I've communicated him a couple of, I think I talked to him last Christmas. And I've never really told him what the Lord showed me, but I watched it happen. As I prayed, a situation in his church that he felt like, and I knew because I have friends that are good friends with him, that he knew he felt like it might destroy his church. He felt like the vision of his church was dependent upon this thing changing. And so as I began to pray and intercede, it changed. And I was like, praise God. Well, I didn't run out there. Hey, man, you need to get me to come preach in your church. God showed me that. Or I didn't prophesy to, to him there. I didn't tell him what it happened. I just prayed and I just kept it a mystery. I just kept it a mystery. I watched it. It was just so, such a gratifying blessing because I know one day I'm going to get to talk to him. I'm going to tell him exactly what happened. And it's going to bless him tremendously because I, got, I watched God take and turn that situation completely around where now what he was believing for in his vision, now he has in his hands. Amen. Amen. You say, how were you able to do that? I was able to look into it and discern it correctly. I was able to see it for what it were. Now let me just, let me, oh Lord. Okay, I'll close my Bible. We'll pick this up next week. This is good stuff. Let me close with this. We are going through some stuff in the next few weeks, months, and years. There are going to be things that, that people on the planet have not gone through before. It's going to be difficult. Last year, looking toward the summer, I saw the summer being very benign. I wish I could say that about this summer. But here's the thing. In the midst of all of this, if our effort is to keep our mind lined up with the Word of God, no matter what happens upon this earth or how it's described or presented to us. Now, let me just say this. 
Everything that's happened upon the earth, you do not need to become an investigator of that. Amen. I mean, people say, do your own research. Well, if you'll do that in the Bible, amen, it'll bless you. But there's other things you do your own research on. It's only going to cause you to get confused. So in this day and hour, as we get over into, into, into Philippians and look at this next week, we've got to make sure that our minds are lining up with what the Bible says so he can put the maximum effort out to guard our minds. To guard our minds. Amen? You say, why? Because decisions may come in the days ahead in which you must have the wisdom of God to make the right decision. I, I think it's already happened. I believe it's already happened, so I'm not just going to get up and we'll say, if you did this, you miss God, or you didn't do this, you miss God. You can't say that. To, you can't tell that to people. But now here's what I want. Here's the point I want to make. Keep your mind in a receiving mode at all times. And don't use that spiritual discernment to judge people because of what they're going through. Well, I heard somebody, they're having this problem. They may be in bankruptcy court. Now, you're not discerning that thing correctly. Amen? Well, I heard someone having problems in their marriage. You're not discerning that correctly. And the problem we've had in the church for many years, especially in the charismatic and word of faith people, is we watch people go through things based on what we teach, and then we judge them when they don't go through it the way we think they ought to go through. Let me try that again. People go through things. How many have ever gone through something? And we know they've got the word. We know they've got this or that in them. But then we judge them many times because they don't go through that situation like we thought they should have gone through it. You know, there's been people that have done things here in the church. Others that have And the Lord just tell me, just look away. And other people freak out. Why aren't you doing something about this? Because the Lord said, look away. And when the Lord says, look away, you look away and you let God do what God... And I've watched God sometimes take five and ten years to do something that I looked away from. And I'd ask the Lord, how come it took, that took so long? And he says, because that's how long it took. Because he doesn't judge things by time. We do. If you've got friends, you've got family, all of us have acquaintances, our brothers and sisters here in the church. No matter what anyone is going through, you cannot judge that thing and think, well, they're not believing God. And they No, you have to get beside them. You have to bear one another's burdens in the Lord. You have to pray for them. You have to keep your mind right. Amen. 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 One of my favorite movies, and I don't watch it often. Actually, one of my favorite movies came on today. This morning I was not able to watch it in harm's way. I like it in harm's way with John Wayne because it's a great testament to leadership. It is. It shows a good leader and a bad leader and it compares them both. Amen. But another movie I like is Cool Hand Luke. (laughs) Because Cool Hand Luke is the testimony of a mind like cement. Amen. Thoroughly mixed. Permanently frozen. And poor old Luke just could not get his mind right. And notice the number one thing. What was the old, the old, the old jailer? You know, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Well, why do they have such a failure to communicate? Because someone's mind wasn't right. So no matter what you communicated, y'all, y'all remember the movie? Remember why he was in jail? He cut off all the parking meters with a, with a, with a, with a pipe cutter. Because he was drunk. 
He was a war hero, so he had all kinds of issues, amen. And he was supposed to do six months in jail. It cost him his life. Why did it cost him his life? Didn't get his mind right. He never would. And I know that's just a movie, but it's also a reflection of our society. All entertainment is about how many men and women all have lived their life with their mind messed up and refused to allow anything access to their mind, thinking that they were thinking individually and independently of everybody else. That's a crock. You're not. You're just one of the world's crowd following one of the lures of the devil entering into things in your mind that's going to cause you things, cost you things that God's trying to give you. So the best thing to do is to walk out of here today and say, I'm not going to be messed up in my mind anymore. If I can be saved in my spirit, man, which is eternal, my mind can be renewed by the Word of God because I share the thoughts, the purposes, the intentions, and I share the compassion, mercy, and grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if I can get my mind right, not only will it work for me, it'll work for anybody I can get it to. Now, I have opportunity to think many in many different genres. You know, I, I, uh, 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 next year, uh, me and Brother Allen will celebrate 50 years of surfing. Y'all want to send us on a surf trip? Hey, we're going to go anyway, whether you send us or not. Amen. But there's a mindset of surfing. There are people that surf, and they don't know nothing about surfing. Amen. He said, what do you mean by it? Well, they get aboard and wax it up and go out and try to ride. But then there are people that are obsessed. They're crazy. They travel all over the world. They look for the biggest, the baddest, the most gnarliest, and they're just, they're just, they're, they, they're not, they do not surf. They are surfers. And if you talk to them and you don't know how to talk to them, you're not going to understand what they're saying. Because their entire life is consumed with this desire to ride these, these and so that, that they don't work, they don't have a regular job. Regular, regular job? I got sponsors. Yeah. Amen. And so when you live that lifestyle, it creates a mindset. You live a fishing lifestyle where all you do, oh, I just just get off work and go fishing. I, I tell you, I just buy me a boat, go fish, 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 fish. Well, then you'll think like a fish. <laughs> Deer hunting, duck hunting, shopping. Man, we could we could meddle here, couldn't we? Woo-wee. Amen. All of these different mindsets, but your mindset was a student's mindset, a, a businessman's, a doctor's mindset, a lawyer's mindset, a veterinarian's mindset, a businessman's mindset. All of the mindsets we could categorize in here must be in submission to the mindset of your new birth. They all must bow to that. Even your ethnic mindsets. See, sometimes that's difficult. Your ethnic, your gender, every mindset that could be developed because you are present here on the planet has to be put into submission of the mindset of Christ in your life. And if you do that, you'll share his heart, you'll share his purpose, you'll share his compassion. Amen? And then all of a sudden, as you share that mindset, spontaneous things will begin to happen. We were somewhere. Where were we the other day when I gave that guy my tie? Somewhere. 
anywhere. I was wearing a tie. Oh, this I was preaching in Austin. I was, I was wearing a tie. And so I was coming into the hotel room, and a guy was standing there. He said, man, that is an awesome tie. That's just the coolest tie I ever saw. It was my favorite tie. Before I could even think, I took it off and gave it to him. That's the wrong mindset. No, it was the right mindset. Because he saw the Bibles under our arms. And he knew a preacher gave him a tie. He said, well, that doesn't mean nothing. You'd be surprised. I wore that tie of the, you know, with the anointing. I believe he put that around his neck. He'll fall down and give God his life. You see, do you really think like that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do think like that. And if he will do that, here's the key. It will keep you from worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Somebody may have coined that phrase before I did. But that's literally what God wants you to do. If you, listen, I'll close with this, I promise. If you do not have peace in your mind, you do not have peace anywhere. In your finances, your health, your marriage, doesn't matter. God wants you to have peace in your mind. And God calls it what? The peace that passes all that means when you understand, when you say, I don't understand why I should have this peace, Lord, I do, though. That's what God wants you to have. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your mercy, your great, great grace toward us. Father, anyone in here this morning that may not be living for you correctly, anyone, anyone, Father, out of fellowship, anyone that does not know you, let your gentle conviction be upon the congregation. Let it, let it move across the Internet. Let, let anyone within the sound of our voice, whether today or or in the days ahead, listening to this podcast. Religious thinking will not get you to heaven. You need a Savior. Religious thinking will not empower you to be an overcomer in this life. You need a Savior. The natural man is an enemy to God. It's an enemy to the world and the world system. They call it foolishness. But Father, we thank you that through Jesus Christ, You defeated the system. You defeated the devil. And all that was arrayed against the human family, you defeated it. So this morning, Lord, if there be one, two, any at all, let your love just flow down upon them. Let your compassion move through their heart and let them know that they're accepted, not rejected, and loved of you. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed. Nobody looking around but me. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God. Would you please pray with me? If you'd lift your hand, I'd be happy to do that. Lift your hand up high. Anybody, wave it at me so I can see. Praise God. Good. Everybody's right with God. Everybody look this way. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That means you need to get somebody saved, bring somebody to church. Amen. Witness to somebody. You know, here's the thing. We can't wait on something to go bad in the world you know, to get people's attention when it comes to God. A lot of times I think the church does that. They wait on, but you know, in reality, what really gets people's attention is you. How you treat people, how you talk to people, how you, how you minister to people, how, how you, and if you'll do it correctly, you won't make enemies in the world. The world will come to you. It's amazing how that happens. It's an amazing phenomenon. And so when these people come into your life, here's what you're called to do. You're called to love them unconditionally, Without any strings attached, you're called to love them. Amen? So let's go love someone this week. Hallelujah. Listen, invest in your spiritual life. Oh, my God. If there was ever a time to invest in your spirituality. You know, I wrote that down. Let me read that before we leave. Where did I write that down, Ed? 
I might have left it in my office. Maybe I did. Yeah, let me read this real quick. There's a war for more than just your mind. It's for your eternal spirit. What is unique to the day we are living in is this component of it being the season of the last days. There's a benefit of grace afforded this generation as well as a danger that other generations did not have to deal with. The danger to us would be to miss the catching away, to miss the rapture of the church. This would present challenges post-rapture that would require a resolve that was not embraced pre-rapture. The church is gone. Everyone on fire is gone. Serving God is gone. Satan is loosed upon the earth. And your decision to serve God at that time would result in you being martyred. Now we say those words, but a lot of people don't realize that's the day we're living in. I don't want to be here. I really don't want to be here now. If you pray and really serve God and get taste of glory, touches of glory, your heart yearns for heaven. Your heart yearns for heaven. I think this week, we're, Cheryl, Cheryl, it was our grandmother's birthday this week. And so this is my grandma, Lois Hanson. This is my mother's mother. And my, she was just a prayer warrior and just, and, and just awesome. But then I, I begin to think all week long of what it would be like to be in heaven with my mom and dad, my grandmother, with all the people that have gone before us. You know, there's a force, there's a pull. Brother John Osteen told me this at lunch one time. He says there's a pull on humanity. And here on earth, we're like, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. Let's go to the hospital, let's go to... Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong in all of that. And we fight and we pray and we believe God. But up in heaven, they're not doing that. You know what they're doing? Come on. Come on. Come on. That's what they're doing. Come on. All of heaven beckons for earth to come. Isn't that great? Stand on your feet. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this day. Let your blessings be upon all your people. Lord, as we depart today, we thank you that you keep us, guide us, direct us, protect us. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So, Father, whether we travel on the highways, seaways, airways, or railways, we thank you that we're protected. The righteous labor of our hands, our contractors, Lord, those that, that build with their hands, Lord, those that minister to us medically, our doctors, our nurses, our veterinarians, Lord, our, our, our salespeople, those in real estate, those that work in the, in the businesses of the island, bless, protect, keep us, Father. Give us wisdom. Wisdom, Father, financially. Don't let us be caught in the tidal wave of that which is removing so much wealth out of people's hands. But Father, we thank you that we increase in the midst of decrease. Step forward when others step back. Thank you, Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. Be with our missionaries, our team in Mexico, the Brazis in Rome. Be with Christopher in Zambia, all of our other missionaries. We lift them to you. Rocky and Yoska, Paul and Shadi, Lord, the, the DeHarts, the Macrees, uh, Lord, the, uh, the Fishers, Denny Nestle, Lord God, David George, the Cooks, Alan and Pat, Ryan and Kimberly, all of our missionaries so dear to our hearts. We encourage 
We send blessing. We send money. We thank you, Father, that you'll touch their hearts. Let them know there's people praying. Jerry and Janet and Botswana, Father. Egan and Hannah. Oh, Heavenly Father. The Beebe's, the Smiths in Ireland. John Ahern, his precious church and family. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Return us tonight expectant of your presence and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you here at Island Church, Lord. We are those ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. And that here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.